us mentoring us. Thank you for tuning in to yet another amazing segment that we got outlined for y'all today. All of the views and opinions expressed here today are our own personal views and opinions and do not represent the Air Force or any DOD organization. Introduced to you all, our admin team, who work very hard behind the scenes pushing all the content that you see on the page. Admin team, where y'all at? Chime in. What up, UMU? It's your girl, Tony Renee. You could be anywhere in the world or in the meta, as we now know it, but you're not. You're here with us. We appreciate that. Let's go. Yo, what's up, you and you? It's your boy, Matt. Make sure y'all pull up. Yo, what up, you and you? This is Jay Will. What up, what up, what up, you and you? It's your boy, Yancy. You already know what it is. Let's get to it. What's up, you and you? You already know it's your girl, Key, and I'm all about bringing you the knowledge that empowers you. So let's go. What's going on? What's going on, man? I apologize, everybody. I know we we should be on time, man, but we us. So uh, we're we gonna be here with y'all. Hey, we're gonna be here, and then y'all gonna get a good show regardless. So, yes. but what's going on, Key man? We ain't did Nothing. this one in a minute, though. I know, and I'm actually really excited um, because you know we we for this page or this type of platform that we have our like the group, they like to see our faces, the admin faces and stuff. And so I think it's, um, it's long, long overdue for us to have conversations about our wise and why we're here and stuff. So I'm actually really excited about this one. So, um, you know, from the personnel side of the house, you know, I'm all, all things three FO. <laughs> Hey, hey, you know I'm all things personnel, so we don't really give excited. up too much. And then, <laughs> and then here's a here's a baby one. I think I think he did get his five levels, maybe maybe even a seven level. You know, and I know he's been upgrade training. You know, <laughs> whatever with the three ups. You know how y'all do, y'all y'all just give it away. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> no, no, you I'm did. Messing with y'all, but yeah, we we definitely got this hot wash show ready for you all, ready to go. Yes. I know anybody that's not familiar with the hot wash, or uh, if you've ever been a part of exercise, you always get to. The, get together after the exercise and you talk about what you could have done better um so then that way when you do it again it doesn't happen again and normally we have a lot of you all's leaders people that you all requested to come on and they tell about their stories and careers but i think it's very important that us as you and you we get on here as well and then we tell y'all about our stories so i, I that's the one that i like and i'm just echoing what you said about yeah. this show in particular is uh is having somebody on that's that's with the team so they they get to see a little bit more of us, you know. Absolutely, for sure. So you ready? <laughs> hey man, with that being said, you know, you you do the intros, you know. I Listen. just do I, I just and if you're new to StreamYard, so we are streaming on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. And so for YouTube, you can go ahead and, and tap in and we'll be able to see your names. But if you are new to this on the Facebook side of the house, please enable StreamYard. 
um, that was in the announcement. So enable it so it's not Facebook user. We actually can see your name and show you some love and shout you out. But without further ado, we bring to you Mac. <laughs> so I really don't know how to take that five level. <laughs> you know he gonna give you some shade. You know yeah, he gonna I, I say, you some I say, shade. I don't know what part you can hear. You know, in the background, the way StreamYard <laughs> working. What I said is he went through his upgrade training very well, and he went from three to five to seven. You know, we could play back the clip later on or whatever. But that's not why people are here. That, that a CE commander approved me to go to my five level without training. Uh, there you go. It was your commander. Actually, so, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> hey, hey. Well, I mean, like I said, whatever you feel, whatever I feel. Oh, you know, goodness. It goes, oh, you know goodness. But, All right. We got, we got to treat him like the real panelist. He actually come on here like he know us, and then like he's right. been on here with us before, and then we just trying to say, no, sir, yeah, you're on the panelist side, sir. So we're going to need yeah, you. We're going to need you to get ready for these questions. Hey, are you ready for right. these questions we can take you through your career? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Because I know we're uh, gonna make him like this. He don't know, like this. Right? He don't like the format, but we are gonna do him like this. He don't like the spotlight. <laughs> I know. I know. We have one agreement with all of our guests. All of our guests is that you you're gonna give us the real authentic and then organic uh, information that happened throughout your career. You you in agreements with that? Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Key, that didn't sound too. I know, I know, but we gonna ask him because it's it's some things that he had dropped the bomb on. Where I'm like, are we gonna talk about when you were arrested? Are we gonna talk about that? There's some things that I'm 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 excited to get to. I'm ready to get get to it. Yeah, no holes bar at all. Mm -hmm. He said everything's a go, so I'm like, okay, let's go. Okay, we talking right. about it, man. You know, cause we don't <laughs> talk about no metaphors around here. When Key say, you know, arrested, that's not a metaphor for stuff else. Like, oh. <laughs> right, no Akon, uh, music, no. Thing, you know. <laughs> so, let me stop messing with you while you're on the big screen, sir. So, you know, we start off everybody the same way. Um, how did Air Force come about from you? If you want to touch a little bit about upbringing or whatever, but but I'm curious myself, or I don't even think I asked you this question how did Air Force come about for you? Uh, so if no one knows, I'm originally from Baltimore. Um, you know, I went to a pretty good high school. You know, growing up, Baltimore kind of was one of those things to where it was like I never understood that outside of Baltimore was completely different until I joined the military. So the younger me, you know, you go through uh, your childhood ages. Uh, I wasn't too bad uh, growing up, um, but it got to a point when I was in high school where I wanted to go to college but I didn't really put forth the effort, effort to go to college. Uh, could have absolutely did it, um, but I wasn't really motivated at the time. And uh, it was kind of an embarrassment coming into the military actually, because I was telling people I was going to college, uh, but I wasn't actually going to college. I went to see a recruiter. So I came in uh, September 26th, 2006, which would normally be the time that you actually go to college. Um, I remember, so I got kicked out of my mother's house. Uh, and while I was waiting for a recruiter, I never forget, uh, I went to the recruiter's office. So, okay, backtrack. So I was on a bus one day. This is no mm -hmm. lie. I was on a bus one day, uh, public transportation just dropped right around. And I saw a lot of stuff like, 
I was like, man, I really got to get the hell out of here for real. Um, mm-hmm. It got to be like a little bit overwhelming. Uh, one of my friends that I had grew up with uh, actually had just got killed. Um, so it was like kind of one of those surreal moments. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I was on a bus. Then I realized I was like, it's nothing out here that I really need to be doing. Uh, so I went to the recruiter. i never forget my recruiter name, uh, Sergeant Moss. Um, and like I said, I told him I wanted to get out of here. Uh, I really don't care what job you give me. And you know what job they give you when you say you don't care? It's gonna Defenders. Be that <laughs> it's going to be that security forces, right? So um, I had a, a ship out date. I, I, like I said, I tried to target my ship out date uh, so that it wasn't too, like, like I said, because I kept telling people I was going to play, um, play in college. But I was actually joining the military. And my mom, I didn't even tell my mother, actually. Uh, she found out because my recruiter on your entrance application, you had to put your home of record on your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day he went to go see me in like a random visit. And he ends up knocking on my door where I'm not living at. And then my mother finds out. And then, yeah, there's a whole conversation there. But, yeah, that's how basically I joined the military. Man, that's real. I mean, that's real. The one thing that I did want to touch was it always the Air Force or did how how was it specifically the Air Force? Generally, mm-hmm. the recruiters all sit in the same shopping plaza. So, how did that come about? So, you know my physique. So it's funny because when I was in Maps, so, so I came out of Maps out of Fort Meade. I never forget when I was in a recruiter station. You know, they're doing your little weight and stuff like that. And there's one dude who's like, "Hey, I'm obviously I'm an athlete at this time." Uh, I was actually considered to be overweight at the time. I was about 190 pounds, but I was a football player. So um, I remember my recruiter had to take me to his flight chief, which, you know, when you start realizing what is going on, I was like, what the hell is a flight chief? But now I know what a flight chief is. Yeah. Uh, come in, uh, because I was overweight, he was like, because you, you had to pass the body fat back then. And he was like, oh, no, this dude is a pass. So... Um, I remember it being in the, the MEP station and everyone thought I was going into the Marines. And I know. Mm. So my wife is in the room, so I'll probably get cursed out for this. But uh, I remember being in the room and they were like, raise your hand if you're Army. Raise your hand if you're Navy. Raise your hand if you're Air Force. And it was myself, another male, and six females. So I was like, bet, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a heavy no. So, yeah. uh, oh, if baby. I had to rank them, it would probably go Air Force, Navy, mm-hmm. or Plus. I, it, it was definitely not gonna be Marines or Army. My father is prior Army, so is my okay. brother. My father told me never to go in the Army. So, okay, that sir. is funny to me. Oh goodness. Okay, that that's a good one. I didn't. I didn't know you got kicked out. Okay, at your mother's yeah. house. They did uh one thing you said in there, it's a little off subject, but uh I seen it on a comment that was on the thing. They asked mm-hmm. when when was the last time you seen 190 pounds? <laughs> Don't start this. 190 <laughs> pounds, probably sheesh, 190. So it's funny because basic training, you know, you eat less. So right. I got down to like in basic training, I was like, I was death. I was like 167. <laughs> Cause I wasn't, 
depth, like 167, sheesh. Because you eat less. I mean, yeah. otherwise, you eat, play sports, eat, play sports. They're eating a – I was shoving uh, bananas and peanut butter and wheat bread. Nah, ain't going to do it. Make it book and get up. Shout out to him. Shout out to Tyron Nicole Hahn. That was my uh, basic training instructor. Oh, that's funny. All right. So as we keep moving along, is there a specific event or person that comes to mind in like your beginning stages of this journey that sticks out to you that helps shape you into the person that we see today? Yes, I'll, I'll say uh, shout out to Master Sergeant Retired Alan Starks. Uh, so uh, coming in the military, uh, I was, it, it was a culture shock. Uh, like I said, you know, being from Baltimore, I kind of, and not ever experiencing anything outside of it, I kind of thought everywhere was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, basic training, that's when I learned I had an accent. I didn't know I had an accent until then because uh, people used to kept, keep messing with the way I said certain words. Uh, y'all know what those words are. <laughs> <laughs> do we, though? Do we, though? You do. I don't know. Um, we got rapid fire. I was, <laughs> Chill out. Uh, so, you know, coming in, it was like, you know, you go through basic training and basic training is only six weeks. You can't really, you know, take anything out of how somebody, you know, reacts in culture shop and then get back into regular swing of things and think they're going to just be a, a brand new person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of still had that, you know, younger mentality, uh, Baltimore. So I get to my first base um, and I remember I was late. I probably was late every single day. Uh, And then I remember my first two or three days, you know, Turkey got different uh, power. The the outlets is different. Uh, My supervisor never told me. This goes with immersion with supervisors. My supervisor was trash. Uh, Staff (laughs) Ramos. Uh, I don't even know where to do that, but he needs to stay where he at. But this dude was trash. So he never, like, he just yelled at you in a reactive way. He never did any preventative maintenance. Like, right. hey, you know, this is the flight. I didn't know what flight was. I didn't know. I didn't know nothing, honestly. Uh, I, I remember feeling my first QC. But <laughs> I say all that to say this. I said I did a lot of bad things coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sergeant Starks really, you know, he understood. He kind of understood. Like, looking back, he kind of understood what I was going through. And he like, he helped me out for real. Uh, yeah. I have like, and I still talk to him to this day. Talk to his wife as well. Uh, his wife, my first uh, Thanksgiving away from the parents. Um, she definitely looked out for us. We had a, like a little uh, flight get together at their house. She always took, I always call her Mama Starks because she always took care of us. But she, un- he understood that I was young. I was trying to learn. He actually yelled at Ramos, um, ironically, for knots, you know. At least trying to help me out. Like, Sergeant Stark still held me accountable, but it was still one of those things like, hey, you know, make sure he understands first before right. he's out here uh, trying to get this man a business. But, so he gave yeah, you grace. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Starks. So, is he this where you got arrested? Can we get there first? Like, is that the location you got arrested at? So, <laughs> chill out. So, <laughs> 
so I get to Turkey. Turkey's my first base. Shout mm-hmm. out to Willett. Uh I get to Turkey. My first day there, it's hot as like it's hot there. It's it's hot as hell. This is my first experience <laughs> outside of Baltimore. I'm like, bro, what is this? So the next day, security forces, whenever you get to a base, you gotta go to through training, right? Mm-hmm. And the dude that was sponsoring me, he was like, Hey, you gotta do all these appointments. And the way he kind of took my attitude was I was kind of like whatever, and I probably kind of was, um, but he gave me a, a list and just told me, like, knock the list out to in process. Right. So I said, all right, but in my mind, I'm just going to, you know, do it kind of on my time because I just knew they'll understand what I'm doing. Um, but no, nah, so the second day I was there, my sponsor, Dre, shout out to Dre, um, he was like, hey, we got to be a training at this such and such time. And so he told training. And then uh, from what I gather, what happened was I was I was going to an appointment. So I was legit, you know, supposed to go to my medical appointment. Mm-hmm. And I was in the room watching TV. <laughs> and security forces knocked on my door and was like, hey, like, in my mind, you know, the point, so we were supposed to show up to the train at eight. My appointment's at night, nine fifteen. So I'm like, there's no even point in going to training. I'm just gonna go straight to my appointment. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm just chill and watch TV for real until the training go. And they like they banging on my door. Uh and it was like, I remember the dude came to the door. He's like, Are you uh Aaron McCoy? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, put your hands behind your back. I was like, All right. Oh, I thought the Turkish arrested you. These, this was like, this was uh, y'all security forces. Yeah, security okay, defenders. And it was funny because when dude arrested me, I get uh, to the squadron, and they even they were like, this was the funniest arrest they ever had because I was fully dressed to go to work, but just didn't go. <laughs> uh, but I actually got to, you know, I hate, I, I don't weaponize my um, my discrepancies <laughs> in life, uh, but I actually got arrested in Turkey. Twice. One was for that. One was for stealing a bike. Um, <laughs> but it was that theft the personal property unsecured, so I kind of got out of that. Uh, dude left his bike. We we had a football game. I don't know if, if you ever been to Turkey. Like the field is hella far from the yeah. dorm, and so it was a bike just chilling. Oh, and apparently, man. I got on the bike. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, I got on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> it started. And so I went to the dorm, and the dude yelled, that's my bike. And I kept on going. That's what allegedly. <laughs> I don't remember. I like he but said allegedly because there's no statute of limitations. So. I mean, it's got to be a statute of limitations. <laughs> no. Not for us. Not for federal police. <laughs> allegedly. He said, he said, yo, I'm out, man. I'm what did Debo say? Oh, God. It's my bike. Yeah. I'm gonna need to hold. It. I'm gonna bring it back, but I'm gonna. Oh need to my gosh! I think it's crazy. Now I I talked about this, and I heard some of this in your answer, but mm-hmm. I talked about this in uh um uh, when I was talking about my upbringing as well. Is like getting introduced to a new culture that's really not. They're doing the same actions, but not for the same reason. And what I mean right. is, it's like 
you get people that's yelling at you or you get people that's uh, making certain comments or whatever. Um, but there's no follow through, like going from where you come from, like those actions mean something else. Mm -hmm. But then when you come in the Air Force, they, they do them as though um, like they're not going, as my man Toby would say, they don't want to go the extra mile, you know. And uh, did you find that a lot with you? It, it was that kind of the hard transition for you, if you know what I'm talking about, is like people were doing the same actions that maybe you seen back home, but they didn't, they wasn't really. It wasn't about uh, the school. Yeah, I mean, for lack of better words, was did, did you find that to be like a hard adjustment for you? So back to basic training. So it's funny because I was I was the youngest person in my flight, uh, but I was the dorm chief, and I never forget the reason my my um, TI in our conversation. I kind of looking back and realizing back what was happening. She made me the the dorm chief because she would yell at everybody else and they would flinch. Mm. And she was like, you really don't like I, I listened to what she said. I did what she said, but I wasn't scared of her. And in my mm. mind I was like, this is because she was little. Like she was like okay. and it's no disrespect to her, but it's like yeah. you're five right. one, about right. 120 pounds. You're not gonna do anything to me, right? So to all the other grown individuals, she was a terror. Um, mm. And so it was like, like you said, Jay. Well, the the transition, it was kind of, you know, back at home. A lot of times you had physical co consequences, right? If somebody tell me they're gonna go put me somewhere, or I gotta be somewhere, after you're yelling at me, it's not really a consequence. Right. It's a right. consequence. Then my I'm heightened a little bit more like, oh, yeah. you know, let me get on the edge about it. But if you're just telling me I got to go sit down somewhere or whatever at the yelling at me is really yeah. not. Once anyway. I knew they weren't going to whoop us, it just, I think if you grew up with whoopings. Yeah, exactly. We were just like, oh, you're not going to whoop me? Oh, okay. You just going to yell a little bit? I'm not saying my mama would be out here abusing you, but my mama used to. No. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. You know used to get it. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then, and then, did you see that being like um, a hard thing for your your first supervisors? So I know you had Starks, but was that like coming from where you come from? Because we talk about this on several other panels where supervisors, mm -hmm. especially young supervisors, you're a new airman. And they don't really understand maybe the world that you come from. So a lot of your actions, maybe you were, um, help me out, Key. Basically, like he was held more accountable for something right. that where they just didn't understand where your background was. Did you yes. see that in your career early on? And like, do you have any examples of that? Uh, accountability, as far as it goes, like I said, um, it's just one of those things where you had to be the right person to talk to me to get me to do something. Yeah. Especially when I first came. Like, I had to yeah. respect you first. The yeah. military is about rank and destruction and like that. And, you know, looking back now, I always think about it like we talk about influence and power and stuff like that. Rank didn't have any power or influence for me. And it's, today it's the same way. So me looking at my supervisor, he's sitting there yelling at me. I'm like, 
all right, dude, like, whatever. But Stark's actually, like, him engaging with me made me want to do more for him because yeah. it felt like more of a, like, a family-type vibe. Like, yeah. it was like, dude, my uncle. Don't, mm-hmm. dis- don't disappoint your uncle, you know? Right. My supervisor, you won't give me paperwork. All right, it's not going to make me work yeah. anymore. I'm probably just going to be pissed and do some stuff that you don't want me to do have you in the commander's office. But yeah. It, yeah. And so Starks was more of, you know, hey, here's how to do it, kind of guided me, you know, kind of like a, a you know adult figure shit versus, hey, I'm a staff sergeant, you gotta do what I say. Staff sergeant, you gotta do what I say is really not gonna work for me. Mm-hmm. Um I gotta have that kind of connection yeah. with you in order not to listen to you, but I gotta have that respect first. If I don't have the respect, I'm not gonna work for you. Agreed. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I, I wish they uh gave us more tools when it came down to su- comes down to supervising. Um, as far as like approach, I think they're trying to get there now because it's not a one size fits all. And so because we are this melting pot, as they like to call us, everybody's background is different. And even if even if we didn't come from different backgrounds, every person is different. If you have multiple kids, and I know we don't necessarily like the comparison, but each child is different, each person is different. So knowing what makes them tick matters. And so if you don't care enough to tap into that, you're just going to go with your default way of like discipline and it's not going to hit. And if you want to be impactful genuinely, you have to care. You can't fake that. And so when a person like gets to know what makes you tick and actually like meets you there, it matters. And it has a lasting impression for sure. It's also being relatable. Um, Yeah. A lot of people um, in that time, I had one of my best friends, Jamar Johnson. We went through basic. We went through tech school together. And we went to our first basic together. Uh, he's from Trenton, New Jersey. So kind mm-hmm. of a background. And we just linked. Like, we clicked for real. So it's yeah. like, I still see the Jamar to this day. But it was that's like my brother. Because it's like, we went through similar backgrounds. And then we came into the military together. So... Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, let's switch gears nah. real quick. You ready to switch gears? I know, gear? right? Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. No, I, I definitely wanted to touch some of that airman stuff, and then and, and because yeah. before I ask you about NCO, because uh, that's going to be where we transition to, because yes. Airman McCoy eventually did make uh, staff sergeant, and right. and I knew that there was some struggles there as well. So, um, I, I wanted to ask you. So, coming from that airman phase to that NCO phase, what's what's one of those things that you struggled with the most? And your transition from airmen to NCO. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as a airman, I, I was the airman where it's like you always heard his name, never forget anything good, never. Like I was that guy. Like can't get right. The transition. So I failed my CDCs when I was an airman. Um, transitioning to a supervisor, you don't know. I I found out I made staff sergeant. I didn't even know release nothing about release. Mm-hmm. I didn't know nothing about staff sergeant results. I just knew I took the test, and that that's the only thing I knew. I took the test, and I kind of looked at it like CDCs. I go in here, I take this test, go about my business. Uh, I never forget staff sergeant Mazel. My supervisor, I ain't gonna lie, I was lit. I 
when I say lit, lit. And he called, one day he's calling me, like calling me, calling me, calling me. And my phone got left in the car and I get to my phone and I remember calling him back and he's like, hey bro, you good? Like he's called me like 15 times. So me, my natural reaction is, yes, what did I do again? Like, <laughs> right. And, mm -hmm. like, and, he, and so I, you know, I call him back and I'm like, hey, time is up, what's good? And he's like, hey man, you made you made staff sergeant. Congratulations. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I made what? He's like, mind you, this is my first time. Mm -hmm. I was a oh, trash family. <laughs> a <laughs> trash? When Sonda Zell said, he said the reaction of the squadron, <laughs> they announced your name was priceless. Yeah. I didn't have no promotion certificate. I didn't get no congratulations from the commander. None of that. No. When Sad Sergeant yeah. Ford made it, when you had I, the little parentheses in the S, they were yeah. like, oh, no. Um, if it were today's Air Force, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have even made that sign. Um, but yeah. yeah, so that transition, I never forget when I made it. I immediately got a trip. The way security forces work, you know. Yep. You just had one, or you had like five? Because y'all like to give them out by the dozen. I was at bowling. Bowling's a little was a little bit smaller at the time. Just okay. right before we're going into transitioning into joint base, um, and Acacia bowling, which then ends up into the Navy, then comes back to Air Force. But we were kind of going down, so they gave me. Matter of fact, they made, gave me two. They gave me one dude that worked in the armory, and one dude that worked on flight. And so I had two airmen. I ain't gonna lie, I didn't. I was a trash NCO too. Uh, I didn't. Man. And it was kind of like looking back at it, it was kind of like reverting the cycle. You know, a lot of people say you're not ready for something until you get it. I wasn't ready when I got it, I wasn't ready afterwards. It took me a very long time to understand my responsibility as an NCO. Okay. I'll honestly say, you know, I'm one of those people, true believers where I was like, I joined the military in 2006. I didn't actually join the military into like 2014. Because mm -hmm. it was, I was just coming to work during the absolute bare minimum to get by and sometimes not even a bare minimum. Because oh, It'll be lucky to get me to show up to work, but um, yeah, I was uh, first six years was rough. I'll just say that <laughs> my first six years were terrible. Great. Um, so, so outside of the and and uh, and I get it, trash, terrible, yeah, worst worst NCO ever. Um, but but like if you could. If you could pinpoint, I'm trying. I'm trying to get that point. If you could pinpoint, what what do you think that you struggle with the most? Like even when you recognize, like, yo, I'm trash. Like I need to fix this. Even when you went to switch gears to fix it, what do you say that you struggle with the most as being an NCO? What I struggle with most is being accountable for other individuals. Up mm -hmm. until that point, I've never been in charge of anybody. You know. Come from like I came from Baltimore, so came from Baltimore, Turkey. I went to Minot for a little like twenty minutes, 
Then I went to bowling. Bowling is where I made staff. Um, and then even in the turkey transition, when I transitioned from turkey, I actually was trying to get home to my father. So my chief at the time, he was trying to get me there. And this goes into a whole nother story. So back then, you know, when I first came in, that's when a wire first came on. And so mm-hmm. people kind of judged my attitude off of that. Yeah. For me, I wasn't even watching it. I didn't even have fucking TV. So I didn't even know nothing about the TV show. Mm-hmm. But yes, I grew up there, but it, I didn't know nothing about the TV show. So um, I got into it with my senior in Turkey. Uh, when it came for the chief to help me, this dude got kicked out the military. Well, he got forced retired. Okay. So when I got into it with the chief to try to get home, I canceled my following from for Turkey. Mind you, Turkey, you're supposed to get a follow-on. Right. McCoy's follow-on after Turkey was mine up. Because oh, okay. of the, into it with the chief. I mean, the oh. senior. Come in so and when, the, when the chief left, the senior mm-hmm. was like, you know, and I already got into it with that dude. Send me in the mine up, Get the mine up. I um, ended up applying for a humanitarian because my father was sick. That's how I got to D.C. Okay. Um, my father passed away. A month after I got there, Man. and it was kind of—it's crazy because that point in time in my night, everyone thinks you're just trying to get out of there, right? Yeah, if right. Yes, you're just this airman who's been here for a little bit of time. You hate my night, but my father was like really ill to the point yeah. where they were sitting on my my application. I put in the application in November. I didn't get approved till July. My father passed in August of 2009. So it was like, yes, that the way I was as an airman kind of like made it bad in that situation. But the support part, you know, you still got to look past. Yes. In front of you. So yeah. uh, to get back to your question, where was the transition? It was like looking back at all those examples of people that didn't help me. Maybe kind of understand, like, I probably should get it together. So that's when I started the transition. Um, being home kind of didn't help. Uh, being at bowling, because obviously I was living at home. I was literally living at home. So, like, yeah. I lived in Baltimore and I was stationed in D.C. BAH is 2300 <laughs> You give a 22-year-old dude semi <laughs> $65,000 a year in Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We having a time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I had to get out of that base. And I kind of oh, yeah. wanted to stay. Naturally, you want to stay yep. comfortable. But mm-hmm. it took me getting out of that area in order for me to get better. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you being open about that. That's so tough. I and I think that's the biggest thing. Like when I worked um on the human side, where I constantly had to tell um senior leadership where a person may make bad choices or have a, a past or discrepancies, but that's that they still are a person. You still gotta take care of them. And their bad decisions doesn't make them bad, you know what I mean? And it's 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 tough. Yeah, I hate that you went. You experienced that for sure, man. 
Okay, so is there a regret that you have um, during this time that you wish you would have done differently um, versus, you know, what inevitably happened? I wish I would have listened to the OGs. The OGs put me on with a lot of game at the time, but I was just just out here. Like, I really was just, I was about me a lot. So it was kind of one of those things to where um, I wish I would have took advantage of it. So like that flight that I had and when I worked at JBAT, they were cool. Like my supervisor was cool. They always gave me flat. We, they knew how I was and yeah. it didn't bother them. You know, some people are bothered about how you are. Some people right. are bothered about the airmen that, you know, may get in trouble all the time. But that flight, it was kind of like, yeah, he get in trouble all the time, but we have a good time. So I really wish I would have took advantage of those relationships a little bit more, you know, staying in the area, um, you know, kind of around the base. But me being home, naturally, I just wanted to be home. So what's, what's one of those pieces of advice that they were giving you during that time that you wish you would have listened to? Uh, one, don't spend all your money. Uh, <laughs> mind you, uh, you know, D.C., your B.A.S. is like 2300 $2, And so, like, we was, I was just born in a club. I really wish I would have just, you know, saved up my money, been a little bit more cautious, probably worked another job or something. Not worked another job, but I had another I do stuff like referee now. I'm old yeah. now. So I do stuff with Terry Street. But uh, just, you know, hone what I got going on. Work on mm -hmm. yourself. Um, make sure yourself is good. Go to school. Go to school is a big one. I really wish I would have started that educational journey uh, a lot earlier. Back when um, UMC was a lot easier. <laughs> you, know, you know, back in the day when they first started. Listen, they were, they were very easy. They were very easy back then. You could have had like a PhD in like mm -hmm. This is um, true. Is the main thing, J. Will, is just working on myself and making sure okay. you, know, you set yourself up. Whether you're going to stay in or get out, just making sure you set yourself up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know that's on a personal side too with the financials. Mm -hmm. um, and then even some like personal development. But was there any career advice early on that that they were giving you as well, that maybe you, you was like, damn, man, I wish I had listened to that. So once I made staff, uh, you know, he was telling you to study. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was a tech, I was a staff sergeant for a very long time. Um, I remember my first, my first staff test, I missed it. Uh, overslept, missed it. Uh, tech was humbling. I was definitely <laughs> humbling. I tested for tech six times. Yeah, mine was about good for. Yeah, she was humbling. Yeah. Tech was humbling. So, uh, yeah, it was. I didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like, you know, I'll go in there, take. Oh, yeah, I know the information. That test score was humbling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I was like, but I might not know it like I think I do. I might not know it. Yeah, you could have riding around a road. You can write a ticket. Uh, but can you regurgitate the information? Negative, <laughs> not at <Yeah>. all. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, it took me six. Well, I say five times because mm -hmm. number six 
I didn't show up that time. So yeah, it took me. Yeah. Can we take a quick pause? Like, I think back then that's when we used to use the time and grade, time and service little game. Like, I ain't have enough time and grade, time and service. And the OGs were like, let me pull up that test score. And I'm like, well, why? Pull up that test score. Because that's what's within your control. So when I hear the force distribution where they're like, I didn't get a, a promote now or a must promote, I find myself being an OG of like, pull up that test score. Let me see what that test score looks like. I was a bad airman. So I will tell you that. Aaron McCoy, uh, two threes and a four. Uh, the real threes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody be like, I got a three or four. No. Uh, if you're a personnelist, you can check your records. Right. Mm-hmm. Was it looking like a zip code? Two threes <laughs> and a four. Right. Uh, the real kind. So uh-huh. definitely wasn't going to happen. Right. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, that's uh, and then back then too, if you wasn't. You definitely had to be doing something to get a three or four. Exactly. <laughs> you needed. You didn't need justification to get a five, but you did. Right. Yeah. Back then. Right. I mean, them reports was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you was if you was getting a three back then, you was uh you was putting in work to stay in uh-huh. the uh, Yeah, the OG <laughs> would be like that. It's looking like a zip code. You you over there looking like a zip code. <laughs> so if those numbers they if they fluctuate and that's that's giving zip code ish. Yeah. But you can test that test. But yeah, I just wanted to tap on that. Okay, so let's get into how you transition from being a defender over to the world's greatest. That so, personnel side. How did that transition happen? So the transition is actually a crazy story. So 2017, towards the end, um, I. And I can say names. It's, it's crazy because you can corroborate. All you don't have to. You don't have to say names if no, you. <laughs> you can corroborate all my stories. Keith Hart, uh, CFM puts out a memo that all security forces personnel have to have depth perception and color vision. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know me, and you if you know me, you know me. You've seen me in glasses before. I've if seen you know, in glasses. You know why I don't wear glasses. Um, but so I don't have depth perception. So I never forget. So I had to get a like a Surgeon General Raven to come mm-hmm. in the military. So when um, when I was at Holloman, they were like, "Yeah, you gotta go get this that perception, color vision." And I was the first guy. So I go in there. I was like, "Man, it was kind of like I got in the test sweats. I came in there. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you gotta take this test. I took the color color vision. I, I passed the color vision, but mm-hmm. I the depth perception. This guy brings me in the room." Uh, I guess he's like the head medical guy and was like, hey, man, I got some bad news. I'm going to have to remove you from your career field. Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be that no way, huh? <laughs> this point, um, I mean, I'm security forces. So it's right. not really that much worse. You Unless you put me to maintenance, I'm cool. I mean, outside yeah. of maintenance. Uh, so... You know, we all thought it was a joke. You know, you always get a waiver for anything, right? Right, right. right. My shirt, Taiwan Stewart, he brings me in. He said, hey, I was a flight chief at the time, flight chief. Mm-hmm. Hey, come see a uh, defender one. See me when you finish guard mount. I'm like, man, one of my airmen have messed up. I came in there. He throws me this 422. He said, what the hell going on? And I was like, shirt, I ain't going to lie. I thought it was joking. Like, <laughs> I thought it was a joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fast forward, they're like, my chief is mad. Now my chief is mad. He was like, 
they can't do this to you. No, we're not going to tolerate this. And I'm like, man. It's okay. Let it ride, bro. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to fight this for me. It's okay. You know, looking back, you know, personnel, security forces. I'm security forces, so I don't know personnel lingo. Uh I didn't know when you get medically retrained, it doesn't go to anybody high. It's just Amanda signing the 20th. Yes. 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 And so, uh, Colonel uh, Mays. (laughs) He's going to call the name. This year, uh, Colonel Mays, I come in his office, he's like, hey, McCoy, what you want to do? Do you want to stay a defender or do you want to stay stay a defender and we push for a waiver or do you want to just, you know, retrain? Right. I gave him a look and he's like, don't BS me. (laughs) As long as you stay in the military because we we love you. I prefer, I want to ride. I want to get out. We give the holidays, man. We give the holidays to break you down. So he's talking They send it up. Ironically, uh, my old chief, who was also my one of my flight chiefs when I was in Turkey, he's mm-hmm. the career field manager. I'm sorry, oh, great. for security forces. <laughs> He gets my name because the assignment functional uh-huh. has to acknowledge that you're removing the person from the career field. He Ooh. called me in my office and was like, McCoy, what is going on? So I explained to him. He said, no, that's not what was supposed to happen. That was for anybody joining the military. Oh. When people, when people found Grandfathered out, on in there, yeah. Exactly. When people <laughs> found out that McCoy was cross-training, they said the number of security forces members trying to get depth perception and color vision tests. 300%. If you ask anybody at Holloman Medical at that time, I think I think I can't get past how in the world did your leadership like misread that this was just for like people entering and not people that was already in. Can we start there? This is medical. I don't know. All I know is my commander signed that 2096. <laughs> that was the best day of my life. That is so crazy. It's crazy because I will say it was ironic because I if if we breaking down timelines, yeah. I won MTO the year on a Tuesday. Thursday. <laughs> Just that oh wow. So that's why my commander was pissed. Right. You gonna take my guy? Yeah. yeah. Like just the one. Yeah. He's like, I'm fine. I'm finally. I'm finally right. right now. I love you, Colonel. Oh man. But it's time to go. Nah, I still yeah, yeah. on that one. Chief Hart. But see, but during that time as well. So I'm curious of because mm-hmm. during that time as well, that almost sounds like a mid-career point as well. Yes. So, barring a a cross train or something, did you have anything going through your mind at that time where you were okay, like, okay, so I got to backtrack a little bit. Um. So I kind of went through a lot. So we met, we 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 missed a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I, it's crazy because I don't want this live to go long. But I got stories. Go so, ahead. Uh, back at bowling, uh, key. I know key is going to get into this situation. Uh, the worst point in my career, um, like I said, me. 
when I was younger, you know, Boston kind of got like this weird situation. So my sister kind of like halfway raised me. And it's crazy because I hugged my sister the other day because I realized like she was 16, 17 years old and she had me all the time. My sister has a child at the age of 18, Courtney. And um, so Courtney, naturally, I feel like this human being is taking my sister away from me. I see my sister. My sister picks me up from school. I sit in the back of my sister's class while she's in high school. Like, I'm her child. And yeah. then comes along her actual child, uh, Courtney. So me and Courtney are kind of raised like brother and sister. So uh, back in bowling, uh, and this goes back to, it's crazy because I actually wanted to be a shirt at one point. Um, but I don't remember who my shirt was going through this kind of situation that I went through. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm on leave. My my oldest daughter, my wife, my wife now, who's my girlfriend back then, is pregnant with my oldest daughter. Uh, November, I never forget. We went. We have a big rivalry game, Poly City, uh, in Baltimore. If you're from Baltimore, you know about it, Poly City. It's a big rivalry game, and my niece was supposed to go because we. I went to Poly. She followed my footsteps. She went went to Poly. Um, she was supposed to come back home. She went to Frostburg College University. And that, like like I said, mind you, it's like my sister. I talked to her on the phone. This is a Saturday. Um, my wife is eight months pregnant. And I talked to my sister on Friday. Sunday morning, people are blowing my phone up. And I'm like, man, what the hell is people blowing my phone up for? Mind you, like I said, my wife's pregnant, sitting next to her. So she's like, oh, my gosh. And they're calling her too. And we get, uh, I'm on leave, you know, at this point in time, you know, trying to get my family situation and have my first child or whatever. And I'll say my first child is kind of what changed a lot of stuff too. But um, we get this phone call and I ain't going to lie. I look at Twitter because when I call the phone numbers back, they don't answer. Mm-hmm. Something tells me I don't know what it is. Social mm-hmm. this is when we were big on Twitter, and something tells me. Look at Twitter. I don't know what it was. And it's fatal incident at Frostburg University, and my sister's name is on the headline. So Courtney is she was like a very sweet person. She didn't like people fighting or anything like that. Um, she tried to break up a fight and ends up getting stabbed and killed. Um, and that was probably the worst. Mind you, like I said, when I got to bowling, my father died. Mm-hmm. I'm close to my father. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is 2009. 2011. I told you my father died. Right. This is the 2011 is the worst situation I've ever had to deal with. So my niece dies. Mind you, it's on the news. Headlines everywhere. My job finds out before I even call me. Because I was at that per- I was at that time, like I said, people, I was who I was. Right. So it wasn't, I wasn't about to contact nobody. 
Yeah. Over the weekend, I was already off, so I wasn't even thinking to call my job, right? Um, I never forget Monday morning, I go into work, and I'm like, so, some people know. Some people like, hey, McCoy, like, it was like I came to work like nothing happened, but I was hurt. When I say hurt, I came in like nothing happened. I asked to take leave. Civilian dude, like I said, transition. Navy is transitioning to taking over Air Force. So most of the people are Navy, civilians at the point, at that point. And my Navy flight chief says, You just came off a of leave. She's not your immediate family. Oof. No, you can't take leave. I asked him if he was ready to talk about this, and I'm not ready. Okay, go ahead. Bro, when I say my homeboy Johnson had to restrain me. I don't know who my shirt was. Right. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I can't tell you who my shirt was. I can tell you who my senior leaders were that didn't even care. I don't know who my shirt was. So, yeah. So, like, them talking about, like, the worst. She died on a Saturday. I was already off Sunday. And I asked for leave on a Monday. And you tell somebody that? I hated the Air Force, bro. At that point, I didn't want to get better. I didn't want to. Yeah, I was on some epic. Yeah. I started failing PT tests, alcohol, things like that. Mm-hmm. It was a bad transition in my life. So when you talk about midlife crisis, my midlife crisis, it came a little early to me. Um, at that point, I was five years in. And mind you, my wife is pregnant. My my oldest daughter's middle name is Courtney. She was born a month later. Mm-hmm. Worst period of my life. But yeah. No, no, I appreciate it, man. I, I definitely do. I know that those are those are tough stories to talk about. And um yeah, it's uh it's it, if you don't mind, um I do want to ask you a follow up. If you want us to keep going, we can keep going on yeah. something else, but but, but yeah, okay. So so they um how did you pull yourself out of that? Mm-hmm. It took a while. Um, mind you, up until this point, I'm very athletic. I work out every day. Jay, will you see me? I, I work out. I do that. I was doing that way before or whatever. Um, I didn't want to do it no more. And I talk, when I say talk about the military, 
it was kind of one of those things to where if my daughter wasn't born the month after and I didn't have a reason to continue, it wouldn't have been a reason. Um, my oldest daughter's the reason. Uh, I won't say it was like, you know, she came and then all everything was resolved. Yeah. It, still a, it still took a time. Um, you know, when people ask you, like, why certain things happen in your life, you can't always explain right then and there why they happen. I couldn't have told you back then, like, the reason I drink alcohol is because I'm dealing with something. The reason why I don't necessarily care, you know, about my tenure with the military is because I'm dealing with something. You just know in the moment, like, you're dealing with something, but you don't attribute, you know, the second and third order uh, effects or something. So, you know, pulling myself out, I didn't pull myself out until I transitioned to another base. So what happened was uh, when my daughter was one years old, uh, my like I keep saying, my girlfriend at the time, she was in college. Um, and she was going to school for free uh, because of a, a special like scholarship in Baltimore City. So we didn't want her to move. Uh, so I, I got orders to Holland because, like I said, bowling was shutting down. Um, and you had to go somewhere, right? And like I said, those same senior leaders, I was supposed to actually go to Andrews, um, but it was a, a, actually a blessing that I didn't go because I didn't need to continue in that same area. Um, I ended up getting a commanding title assignment to Holloman Air Force Base uh, because of the shutdown. Um, you know, I kind of didn't want to go. I hated it. You know, one of my homeboys was there previously. I was like, he said, oh, you got Holloman? <laughs> oh, bruh, I'll never get yeah. checked. I called him and was like, yo, you at Holloman? Oh, you got Holloman? Because I thought it was Kirtland. I got oh, okay. Kirtland mixed up. So I thought I was going to Albuquerque. Okay. I was going to Albuquerque, though. <laughs> <laughs> they will know all about Albuquerque. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it, it was kind of like, I was like, man, like, you know, what did I do to somebody that deserved this? Yeah. But it really, remember when I told you the OGs told me to work on myself? Mm-hmm. How long it made me do it? Because you ain't doing nothing else. Yeah. Am I lying, Jay Will? You ain't doing nothing. No, nah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so I get the Holloman. Uh, I remember my, my second and third day, I meet a man by the name of Robert Graves. Mm-hmm. Um, tech sergeant at the time. Um, he's like, Hey, bro, you trying to go do this? Mind you, I'm not into the Air Force. I'm still, like I said, I, I haven't started serving yet. Right. <laughs> he did a retirement ceremony with me. And I was like, No. <laughs> Mind you, this guy's a tech sergeant. So I mm-hmm. a day later, he pulled me in his office. Um, he's the ops. He's the assistant ops. Uh, he's the ops, assistant ops superintendent, something like that. He called me in his office, and mind you, this dude's a tech sergeant. When I see him, okay. he's like, "Hey, you know, hey, how you doing?" And he starts talking to me, and he's like, "Hey, man, I see a lot of potential that you don't see." And I'm like, "Here we go with one of those stories, bro. Like, I don't want to hear this." 
mind you, I'm transitioning from probably one of the worst times of my life to yeah. bass. And I don't want to hear the, the blue, 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 blue shit. I, I'm mad that I just said blue bad times and somebody's going to roast me. I don't kiss. <laughs> you didn't want an opportunity. Yeah, that's yeah. usually the line. I got a wonderful opportunity for you. So, um, no, it was more of an accurate part. But, uh, I, di- I didn't want to hear, like, I wasn't about it. And, it, right. and so he's, he's talked to me. He said, hey, I just want to let you know, I am a master sergeant select, and you just blew off your flight chief. I was going to go work for this dude that I just told basically get the hell out of my face. Um, right. But he was like, you know, he, he broke it down to me. He kind of, I'll honestly say he taught me the game. Not the game of, you know, you know, when people talk about telling people the game, it's something that they got to do outside of themselves in order to progress. He taught me the game of using how you operate because mm-hmm. me, I operate a certain way to where it's like I'm not intimidated by people. Right. I'm. I mean, if you haven't seen me, I'm, I'm very large in stature. I used to mess with people based off of my size. Like I would go to senior leaders and tell them something. This is back in the day. I used to go to senior <laughs> leaders and tell them something and see if they would say something that they told somebody else. I would right. mess up with like it was kind of like an arrogant. <laughs> Like uh-huh. I bet you he won't say that to me. So yeah. he under and he but he understood that. He said, McCoy, mm-hmm. when you when you're around people, people acknowledge that you're there. He was like, a lot of people don't have that. Right, right. He said, You got it. He said, but you have to take advantage of it. Because it that can be positive and negative. Like mm-hmm. it can be negative that, oh yeah, hey, he's here. Or it can be positive that hey, he's here. And so he like I said, once again, not gonna say he changed my life overnight, but that was the that was when I kind of changed how I operated in the military. Okay. Damn, that was long. No, man, it's cool. This is your show. So yes. Yeah, you say what you want to say. See? Exactly. Hey, hey, what we say? Talk your shit. Right. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but they, uh, you you. You obviously went through something uh, very, very traumatic, you know, yes. in there, and um, and and I'm still, and and I, I I'm sorry to keep going back. No, you. Know, but but you, I mean, going through something that traumatic, and then uh, you know, basically losing faith in the Air Force. I just, uh, like, what made you want to stay in? I mean, because you're at, you're at like five six, so you probably reenlisted. You're like, hey, I got to do a few more years. Um, but then you you go to Holloman, uh, and then you get around at eight to ten year mark or so. Right. But like, but like, what made you want to do it again? You know what I mean? What made you say, hey, you know, especially after an experience like that? What exactly. made you say, hey, I I'm going to finish this thing out? Right. So what people don't understand is like. Some people hate the military, but there are a lot let there are a lot worse things that you can go through than being in the military. Right. And that's not to say that anybody's journey is like less um, important or mm-hmm. you know people don't get out for the right reasons. When I was at bowling, 
it was one thing to go back home and be able to go back home and still get that paycheck. If I had to go back home and got paid the same thing that some people back at home were getting paid, live how some people back home had to live, mm-hmm. go through what some people had to go through back home, it wouldn't have been the ideal situation. Right. Um, that combined with um, supporting my child at the time, because I was at, uh, I never forget, like like I said, I felt I felt my, my airman CDCs for my three level. <laughs> I felt my five level CDCs. Um, I actually went on a deployment, came back, I, I, well, TDY, got injured, came back. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the little staff sergeant waiver to put on. Uh, and my my supervision, mm-hmm. uh, mind you, I'm a staff sergeant select. Mm-hmm. That's not even the crazy part. It's crazy because I got so many stuff. So I got caught sleeping at the desk when I was a staff sergeant select. <laughs> I got caught sleeping. I was security forces. I was at the <laughs> law enforcement desk. This Ooh. is no lie. this is no lie. If somebody is in the comments that knows this story, they probably they. they <laughs> I think people will validate everything I'm saying. Like you were just like the the prom defender. <laughs> I was at the law enforcement desk. Mind you, like mm-hmm. we gotta, you know, call in bomb threats, all that. I'm gone. Great, great. My commander says staff sergeant select McCoy. Staff sergeant select McCoy. I think I'm dreaming. <laughs> Bruh. And you go sleep. I just I was sleep. So while I was a staff sergeant select, I got caught sleeping by my commander. This is like I said, Airman McCoy. So she gave me a she put me on control roster because she is crazy out of everyone between my chain of command. Mm-hmm. You got me. Right. You got the commander. The commander understood that I was going through stuff. That's one thing I would say. She could have fried me, bro. Yeah. She could she could have made me an airman. Right. Uh, an A1C. Took my line number, made me an A1C. Right. And she kind of understood, like she had a whole conversation yeah. with me. And she kind of understood <clears throat> and gave me a break. When I say that her, like she cut me the break of a lifetime, man. She. This is the same woman. She caught somebody sleep at the at the gate, bro. Took his gun, armed his post, and made that man go stand in the rain so somebody can pick him up. Same person understood that I was going through something, and like I said, to this day I don't know who my shirt was at both. Mm. Mm. So, so all of those memories. Hold on. My oh, go ahead. All right. Nope. Came back, gave mm-hmm. me a control roster. Sent me on okay. deployment to get myself together. I came back from deployment. Still failed my CDCs, um, but that was all good. So I had to go to ALS. They was like, hey, don't. It told me, my superintendent was like, hey, the only way you will let you ran less is if you get DG at ALS. Uh, I didn't get DG, but they still <laughs> let me ran less. Um, but I remember, I can still remember my uh, report. 
my EPR from J-Bad to Holloman, it was this person is does not need to be a supervisor. It was mm-hmm. in my, like, uh, you know, your push line. This person does not need to be a supervisor. But that transition to Holloman really helped me out because it brought me out of, you know, my comfort zone. Um, I met, you know, Chief. Now, well, now Chief retired Graves. Uh, like I said, it taught me the game, uh, made me transition. Like, like I said, not a cup, not overnight, but it was one of those things to where you know I started navigating, started moving differently, um, and ultimately got me off the hump. In 2016, um, I don't know if anybody knows, but Afghanistan torque 16. Uh, that's another contributing factor to how I changed mm-hmm. my life. Um, lost two of my fellow defenders. I went through training with them, was uh, deployed with them. Uh, matter of fact, one of them I always make, make fun of because we used to be in the bathroom and change shifts, and he used to talk to me while I was peeing. And yeah. so we used to always make – it was like a running joke. Like, like it was kind of one of those things where, like, man, you really going to sit here and talk to me while I pee? <laughs> yeah. like, it was like a running joke. Every day we would do it. Uh, and it's crazy, like, how you can see somebody one day uh, – so he yeah. he goes to his shift. I'm the desk sergeant. The next day I come into work, and they're like, "Hey, McCoy, one of the birds went down last night." And I'm not gonna lie. So like, death to me after my after my niece passed was kind of like one of those things to where it's like, I don't want to. I hate to say it like this, but people die. Yeah. You know, Baltimore is like Baltimore. I live in Baltimore right now. People die. Yeah. So like death to me wasn't really so when he said a bird went down, I'm like Okay. Okay, yeah, let's uh mm-hmm. you know what we gotta do. Yeah. He was like, nah, like whenever our birds went down. And that mm-hmm. was towards sixteen, um back in uh twenty fifteen. Uh Torque sixteen went down, two of this is when uh one of the pilots coming from Jalalabad uh ended up crashing the plane. Uh, and two of my fellow defenders had actually passed away. So it was kind of like one of those crazy times in my life to where it's like, hey, you about to come back to Holloman. Um, and I, I'm talking to speed, like how my transition kind of worked. Yeah. Uh, so that understanding, you know, that's when I, that is the day I clicked and understood that the military in itself was real. Mm. the death was so close yeah that while mm. it was not necessarily like it didn't hit me like some people like i was still like damn but it's still right. like one of those things to where it's like i could have literally been on that plane like i could have yeah. hey i'm sick today hey mccoy we need to go fly a mission all right get on the plane and it was so that was when it was like so close um so coming out of that deployment it was different. I was a little bit different. I moved differently. Uh, yeah. I returned January 2016 to Holloman. Um, my first week on flight, uh, I'm the flight chief, only staff sergeant, uh, on a Sunday, shooting the breeze. Uh, Sundays is easy. So security forces, Sundays, you do guard mount as a flight chief. You do guard mount, come to work, do guard mount, uh, send anybody on their way, probably do a roster or something. Go do some post checks, you go home, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, about a 12 o'clock, we get a call, Otero County, uh, we need assistance uh, on, what was it back then, Jay? Well, Highway 70? Right outside yeah, of the Yeah, but I know what you're talking about, right outside right, of the game. Yeah. Right on the highway. We can't get there quick enough. There's a major vehicle accident. Security forces, major vehicle accident normally means like the vehicle is impaired or something like that. Um, so in a the route, they're like, no, we have an amputee on scene. Mm. 120. Um, hit 120, get to the scene. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, so we finally see somebody jumping up and down, like waving their hands or whatever. So we get there. When I get there, there's a bike on the ground. Bike on the ground, see the bike to the right of me. I run down the street because I'm like, I see people further down. And I'm running, and I see a helmet and a leg. Bro, I thought it was a head in that helmet. It wasn't. But that's what I was thinking in my mind. So I get on. When I actually get to the individuals, there's a leg. There's a dude with his leg off. Like, mind you, I just came from Afghanistan. Right. So, like, the transition is crazy. Like, I came home. I'm fresh off. I'm home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm home. I'm looking at this dude with his his leg on. And it's crazy because I always made fun of SABC. Because I'm like, I used to be like, yo, why is we doing this? Like, we do this. Security forces, you do this. You do it, like, three three, four times every mm-hmm. three months. Like, I'm like, why am I doing this? When I say SABC, like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Tourniquet, boom, boom, boom. You know, put it on, mark it on his head. What time to tourniquet? Put, yeah. put a second tourniquet on because it wouldn't stop bleeding. Wait for the ambulance because the ambulance wouldn't have been there in time to help the person. Um, luckily, you saved his life. Couldn't save his leg. I called my superintendent, bro. I cannot make this up. I called my superintendent. Ask me what this man's first question was. Why did you respond off base? Yo, we just saved this dude's life. I got a I got an accommodation medal from the the Wing King, and mm-hmm. so had, he kind of had a you know. But that that is what I'll be talking like that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, what has made me better is understanding like you have people that want to be in charge to stay there in charge. And then you got people like I'm gonna be honest, like myself, that wanna be in charge so other people don't have to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And it's people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we talk about this all the time. Yeah, you, you don't have to explain yeah, yeah. it. We talk about yeah. this all the time, and 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 to say to that when we say you learn something from everybody, everybody that you encounter, you learn something from them. And right. I think that uh, sometimes we forget that. And but but it's good to hear that everybody that you encounter, you realize like, okay, I learned. I I learned how not to move, or I learned how to move, and then you use that to be a better, you know, senior NCO today. Facts. Facts. Man, that's a lot. That is a lot. Okay, so of all of these memories, what is your fondest memory? We got to shift gears so we make it feel a little better. <laughs> <Right. laughs> fondest memory? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'll, this is going to sound a little – it's crazy. My first award, because I won NCO the quarter mm-hmm. at the wing at that point. And I don't know, Jay Will beat – me and Jay Will had this conversation. When I met Jay Will, what was it, 2018? Maybe. I had one decoration. Oh, wow. That decoration, mind you, I came in 2006. Yeah. I had one decoration. That was the decoration that I got mm-hmm. moving a guy's life. Yeah. I now have nine. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That one situation of being recognized is not something bad, is my fondest memory. Yeah. And you got people like they they always say like you know awards of this awards of that awards really can change somebody's life yes change somebody's perspective make people somebody understand you know it's not one of those things where you get self worth through an award but it's an acknowledgement of hey I'm doing something right right um, having right. my wife and my oldest were there. Because my oldest was the only one, you know, I don't want to say a lot at the time, but my wife was pregnant with my second. Mm-hmm. Um, and my oldest got to be there was very rewarding and refreshing yeah. because they don't see mm-hmm. the screw up that, like, they're not at work with me every day, so they don't know right. how I am at work. They see me, you know, like being recognized, and that's mm-hmm. their first, you know, first. You know, introduction into how the military operates. So that's probably my fondest memory. Nice. Uh, my oldest daughter seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Man. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's beautiful. And and it just puts in a perspective too that um, you know sometimes we have uh, junior airmen and they may be in for a year or two or something and uh, maybe not recognized or maybe not held. You know. Um, to where, what am I trying to say? They're basically like, they feel like they're going through the ruts. And to say like, you basically went 12 years of the rut, of of going through it, and then, uh, and still pulled out on the other end, man, that's amazing, man. Yeah, that's that's amazing. But I'm gonna gonna big screen you, because before we hit, before we hit rapid fire, this 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 is your moment. This is your moment because uh, uh-huh. I mean you dropped a lot of good nuggets, and I think when people go yeah. back through here and they uh, and they're able to pull um, some of the advice that you gave through uh, to them uh, through some of your stories, it, it's going to be amazing. So, um, yes. but I'm going to give you this opportunity, and I want to say just in case, like nobody got to watch any of this live, period, and they could just watch these next thirty seconds or so of you giving um, a piece of advice that every airman across the Air Force would be able to hear, what would that piece of advice be uh, to those airmen? Uh, My biggest thing is that I like to harp on is, you know, people, it's it's easy to talk about an airman that's going through something or an airman that just does not get it right. Um, But when that airman does what they're supposed to do, so we see it a lot in personnel. Um, you know, 
we always get the bad comments. You 100 mm -hmm. see the bad comments. But when that person pulls through for you, make sure you acknowledge that. If as yes. much energy as you got um, pouring out that negative energy and things like that, and stuff that has been wronged by you, make sure when that person succeeds, make sure when that person um, does what they got to do, make sure when they, you know, they put on, make sure when they represent, you have that same amount of energy that you had when you was talking about them. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, we're going to clip out that one little piece for him. And then call it good. Right. Right. Hey, okay. so this part of the discussion, uh, we fire off on you a few questions, kind of rapid fire questions. And then, uh, and uh, you know, I just want you to give us the first thing coming ahead, just a one liner, uh, what you got to say. Uh, you ready for the rapid fire? Yeah. <laughs> All right. How do you recharge? Uh, Spades on a little my computer. I mean my uh my phone. Who is your role model? My wife. That's just good. Good answer. Good answer. Better be. My wife. Uh, so I'll tell you, like my wife, like I really be sitting back, like man, it's like. It's a lot of things that she doesn't have to do that she does. Um, she she has a master's degree. She I would say she practically raises the kids, but she definitely raises the kids. Uh, <laughs> she is one of those reasons why I am where I am. Uh, I remember back in 2016, I missed. Uh, that was the probably the first time I had ever actually studied for mm -hmm. technical sergeant. Remember, mm -hmm. I told you I tested six times. My fifth yeah. time, I studied for probably five, six months. I got a must promote, and I missed it. And when I say, I ain't gonna lie, I cried. I shed a tear. Yeah, it's tear. humbling, man. It's humbling. It's a tear. It's um, humbling. She, she's the one that told me, like, because, you know, when, you know her entrance into the military, she's down, when she got to Holloman, that was her first introduction to the military. Mm. So she sees people with rooftops. CMS Sergeant, Chief Master Sergeant. And she's like, oh, would you ever be one of those ranks? And I'm like, nah. Like, the way I was, like, it was, it was like a no. And her saying, why not, mm -hmm. really changed it. Like, mm. it was kind of a game changer. We, I talk about it all the time. Her mm -hmm. wife, so, yes, she's my role model. She gets up, goes to the gym, no problem. She's the first person up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. There you go. Jay, will you letting him stay right here? I like it. Yeah, man, I, you know, I, I like yeah, I like it. Man, so so I like it. Beside the head later, man. right? You know, right. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, what was your favorite TDY and why? Favorite TDY. Oh, Absa. Nice. That was that a good was answer. Absa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That was one of the most like. Crazy! It was one of those things where I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, um, we didn't. All the love we got. Yeah, it was. I mean, we make jokes about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah, funny things happen during after, like Kiana splashing a dude walking down the street. But <laughs> so crazy things had like. I'm about to say you got to go into details about that. Those people don't need to hear that. They don't need to hear that. Really, man. Like, 
Right. Uh Amsterdam definitely was one of my because it was one of those experiences where I thought it was because people think I'm blue. I'm You're blue. not. I'm blue. Oh no, like like emotional blue. No, I'm talking no, about oh Air Force yeah. blue. It's it's shades the blue. We like cobalt blue to me. I'm more like swamp water blue. <laughs> <Not so. laughs> so it's like it was one of those things where I was like, uh, yeah, okay. all right, Kiana. I guess we I'll just know the rules. Again, so like, yeah, when I actually got there, got the experience. Yeah, all of us in, under one roof. Yeah, one of my, my definitely one of my favorite. Got to see everybody that came out to see us. Yes, yeah. Easy. Yeah, shout out to Asa. Yeah, man. We need a sponsor. Yeah, we need a sponsor. Right? We're gonna be there. We're gonna try to be there this year. August. Um, What was the one thing you wish you knew before you joined? I wish I knew they was gonna cut my hair like that at basic training because they ain't grow back. (laughs) (laughs) We're laughing too much on this one. Hey, what? What is what is your most important leadership quality? Mm. Humility. I like some of my airmen. I've had airmen that were. It's crazy because they always say like how you were the airman, you're gonna get it like ten times. I remember. Um, it, it. I had this one airman like this dude. They gave them to me because I was me, and they knew how I was. And so, mm-hmm. like, I never forget. I, I had this dude, like, he was kind of big. Um, he was feeling his PT test, and I got it. I got stories for days, and I, I know we're taking up time. But I, I worked out with this dude every day at five thirty in the morning. He, he he failed his PT test. You know, he got the forty five days. I worked out with him for them. I got him at like the 30, 25 day mark. Worked out with him every day. Every single day, he brought his run time time down like two and a half minutes, but he still failed by like thirty seconds. So in my mind, that's progress, all right? Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I've been there before. I've been that guy that no that no one thinks you can get through it. Mm-hmm. I think we're there. Like I hit I hit the block, boom. All right, so we're gonna get back on it. We got another forty five days. I got you. I go and leave. He said, man, this dude started losing McDonald's every day. That man, Pat Phil just got that PT test while I was on me. Humility is still being by his side in the <laughs> office in my blues as well, even though I don't got to be in him. And understanding that, like, even though I had a higher expectation for him, mm-hmm. we still going to ride this one through. I'm mad, but we still going to ride this one through. I'm gonna be yeah. there. I'm mad, like I said, but we're gonna ride this one through. Yeah. Gotcha. I got you. It's the way he told the story. The story wasn't necessarily <laughs> funny. It's the way he told it that made it fun. I just want to put that out there. Uh, no, nah, that's fair. <laughs> what is your pet peeve? Mm. People who get mad <laughs> that information is on social media rather than being appreciative that the information is on social media. <laughs> People that be like, yo, why did I find out this on Facebook? All right, in that case, why are you on Facebook, sir? Or ma'am? Why why are you here? Why? 
You found out on Facebook because that's where you were at the time that the information came out. If you were at your computer, maybe you would have found out that the information came out. I hate people that use social media as a weapon. That's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. All right. How do you say Aaron, Earn, and Iron? First of all, it's Aaron, Aaron, and Iron, Aaron. But <laughs> why, why are y'all like this at the end? Why are y'all like this? Aaron, Iron, and Iron, Earn. It <laughs> just looked like it hurt. It looked like it hurt a little bit. If anybody that's listening and not watching that that Baltimore, I just nah, I appreciate man. it. I appreciate nah, that love. We appreciate it. Nah, yes, we appreciate it, man. I appreciate right. everything. Go ahead. Look, so we got two. So your books. Do you have any books to recommend? That is the last biggest thing. I went to Baltimore City Public Schools. I don't read. <laughs> We're not saying that. <laughs> That's your answer. That's the final answer. Look, I, I'll be hundred percent honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, I, I've been obviously I've been on lives. Um, you know, we have our lives. We see people, right? They come up as guests. We ask for their book recommendations. Yes, I will lie. Every single time, I'd be like, "Damn, I don't read." <laughs> You're just I'm, I'm not a reader. Y'all wanted to know more about that. Here we go. <laughs> I, I watch, po- I, I, I listen to podcasts. Okay. I watch TV. I read. If I, I don't read books. So, what podcast, if you had to recommend? Oh, shout out podcast. to Toberman. got his own podcast. He um, does. This is I true. I pronounce the word, but look it up, uh, Chief Toberman. Space Force. If you don't know, um, I do work for the Space Force, but I am Air Force. Um, but damn, y'all didn't ask me what I do in my intro. I didn't even ask me what my job is. We know you the person. Oh, we're going through. We're going through the, your career, sir. We ain't. We ain't. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, yeah. This. Okay. I know. I didn't know you was directing this. Uh, oh my bad. My I bad. Didn't, I didn't want to throw that. <laughs> I'm just happy you're here, JJ. What hey, <laughs> what podcast? Okay, Chief Toberman, and then what else? Uh, it's so I, I officiate basketball, so I, I listen to Crown Refs. Okay, I heard it first. Okay, no, nah, okay, yeah, but I do have to agree. I do have to agree with Derek on this one. Um, Audible, Audibles. Audible. yeah, Audible. I'll be on Audible, Audible game. Audible. I can't like yeah time. Really? I don't have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Omaha, I'll suggest Omaha. to you one more is uh is called Blinkist. Um, it's like a nine minute wrap up of a book, uh, and they just hit all the highlights. Oh, it's so so oh, yeah, the Cliff Notes. I can get down okay. with that. There you go. If you want me to, if, I, you, no. if you want me to read a book, make a movie about it. Great. Okay, so Derek now, is showing you love. See, I see your wife still working on you. Sir. Right, right. <laughs> She's still working. <laughs> That's the only person that was Derek. No, that's how he gonna do. Okay, Derek. Shout out to my man, Derek. He, that's the only nah, person. It's all love. Know. It's all love. It's all so, love. Man, so Key, I'm gonna give you a second too. But uh, but I know for me first, Mac, man, I, I definitely want to say appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing your stories, especially things of, of trauma that's that right. happened in the past. I know that stuff is hard yes. to talk about, 
But I know, I absolutely know somebody's going to go back and watch this and then be like, you know, that's me. Or they could even be going through a similar situation right now. It's going to help them through their situation. And that's that's why we do this. And, um, you know, it's not easy, uh, especially when it's free. Uh, and, and but uh, but I know I, I want to say to you, man, I appreciate it. Just uh, yes. uh, listening at your story, listening at where you come from. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks. What you got, Key? Thanks. I just I want to echo everything that Jay Will said. I think um, the misconception is we all are just so eager to be a part of you know these different groups as admin. I don't think um, people realize the stress or you know sometimes the why behind it. A lot of times it is because of what we didn't receive or for whatever reason. Um, and I think that knowing the why just makes it um, adds things into context um, and it just sheds light. And I'm just so thankful that you are at a space to share, you know, your story because the airmen that are coming up now, they, they want to hear from people that have been through life. Not it's going to be OK because I said it's going to be OK, but because you can say, like, look at where I came from. It took some work, but I'm here. You know what I mean? So for you to have that resiliency is just so profound. And I'm just so thankful that we crossed paths and that you were willing to be up here to share this moment. So thank you. Aww. You know, I'm blue. I'm not not Air Force blue, but you know that little, that blue sensitive, sensitivity. And I'm like, are you ready to share? And I'm up here crying. But I definitely, I appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah. And, yes. Nah, no doubt. No doubt. And then to the UMU fam, anybody that's been rocking with us this whole time, we absolutely appreciate y'all. If there's anybody that y'all want to see on a story like this where you want to hear their story, maybe you see them at the top now or at the middle or whatever the case is, please don't misconstrue this hot wash series as they have to be a chief or a command chief right. or a colonel or something like that. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a chapter that they don't, may not necessarily want to be read out loud, but right. somebody else will benefit from it. So if you have any suggestions, please hit anybody up on the admin team, and then we'll we'll see if we can connect those dots and get and get it locked up for y'all. So mm -hmm. with that, man, Matt, you got one. anything? Right, Matt, yeah. you got anything before we go? Gonna let them know. Uh, make sure make sure you follow my uh, IG. Yo, <laughs> I do food blogging. Oh, now he's good at that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Love man. it. That's it? Yeah, I don't have okay. They see me all the time. Facts. All right, I see all the hot topics. Right. You know. Hot topics. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. it. All right. We going to roll? Give me all the uh, <laughs> All right, y'all. And we out? Until the next time. Thank you.